Welcome to The Public Storyteller. My name is Michael Stock with Dr. Karen Neal. Karen is a professional storyteller and author. Hi, Karen. Hey, Michael. How are you doing? Good. What story do you have today? Here's one from Julie Green. It was the summer of 2015 and school had just ended and my son and I headed to Boca Raton to visit my mother. My mother had just lost her cat of 18 years, so she was particularly sad and lonely. One night, we heard a couple of helicopters outside for quite some time, 20 minutes or so, circling the area, going up and down the beach. And I was getting ready to head out to get some marshmallows so we could make s'mores. And my mother did not want me to go. And I said, oh, it'll be fine. Um, You know, it could be news for all we know. So I headed out of the house and through Deerfield Beach and over the Hillsborough Bridge. And as I was getting ready to cross the street, I heard meowing and meowing and, you know, little cries. And I was, you know, immediately my heart started beating as I looked for this little kitty Uh, I was drawn to the island in the middle of Hillsborough Boulevard where I identified a tiny calico cat, a three-colored cat that I immediately knew was female because cats with three or more colors are female. So as I got closer to the little kitty, she hissed at me and she backed off. So I put down a little cap full of mango drink and she came out to sip it. But again, when I tried to get her, she backed off. So I called my mother and I told her to come quickly and bring a cat carrier and some food. So within minutes, she was there and she arrived so quickly, she still had on her nightgown. So we're standing in the island trying to corner this little kitty and the police arrive. And we must have been some sight as my mother stood there in her nightgown on an island on Hillsborough Boulevard. And they actually got out, they put the car to block traffic and they came with their flashlights and they helped us in the search. And within a few minutes, the kitty appeared at my son's ankles and he was able to reach down and just pick her up by the nape of the neck. So we got her and we put her in the cat carrier and we headed home and we researched and found out that evaporated milk mixed with egg yolk we could feed to her in a dropper. So we did that and she drank up that mixture. She was so hungry and We decided, my mother decided she couldn't take on another kitty. She had one cat remaining and she was not in a position to take the kitty. So we were going to head back out and see if we could find the kitty's mother and reunite them. So we went back and we parked in a little dark parking lot in sort of an abandoned area near a bicycle shop and a dentist and, you know, right near Publix. It was a dark, abandoned lot. And we got out and we went walking around and surprisingly, we found quite a few homeless cats that could have been her mother. So we put the little kitty down where there was three or four cats and we waited for her to go over and identify her mother. 
But instead, she stuck her nose in the air, turned around, and ran back into my mother's arms. So that was it. My mother was sold on fate that this little kitty was meant to come home with her. So my mother picked her up, held her in her arms. As we walked back to the car, we rounded the corner onto the sidewalk, and we stopped short. There before us, knelt down on one knee, was a police officer with his gun drawn and pointing it straight at us. So we froze and we put our hands in the air and my mother gripped the kitty for dear life and the police officer suddenly realized we were not the suspects he was looking for and he lowered his gun and he apologized profusely and he explained to us that he was looking for a violent criminal and he had spotted our car in the darkened parking lot with the door open and a pink cat carrier we had left there outside the passenger door he thought was a woman's purse. So he was certain as he crouched down behind our car that he had caught the criminal that they had been searching for earlier in the night when we heard all of those helicopters. So all's well that ends well. We brought the kitty home and here it is seven years later. That cat is fat. She's happy. She follows my mother everywhere, but she's still a little ingrate who doesn't seem to remember that I was her savior. Every time I get near her, she still hisses at me and even scratches and bites me. And that is the story of the cat that we named Marshmallow. Julie Green with a story about a cat lover. A story that happened in one night. If this reminds me of a movie long, long ago about an amazing night in New York where all these kinds of bizarre things happen to the main character, Griffin Dunn. And it, it's just incredible that what went on this evening. Well, it, it is incredible because of the devotion that these people have to cats. I used to work for a magazine company, and we always said the perfect article would include cat in the title because there are so many obsessive cat lovers. I am one of them. And so this didn't seem at all strange to me. No. <laughs> it didn't seem strange when she tried to reunite this kitten with the stray mom? I thought that was beautiful. And I thought it was particularly amazing that she practically risked life and limb. Frankly, if she had been a different person caught in the middle of the night with a kitty carrier that looked like a pocketbook when the cops were out searching for a criminal, things might have ended much differently and this might not have been such a funny story. It was pretty scary when, well, it's always pretty scary when a cop pulls a gun on you. I did love the way she said he apologized profusely. You don't see that too often in movies. Uh, in real life, it's nice to know that that happens. What do you suppose Julie did to poor Marshmallow that caused so much trauma to Marshmallow that it never warm up to Julie? <laughs> 
I think maybe it was a past life thing. I don't know. Cats get skittish and you'll never know why they act the way they do. I don't think it was anything that Julie did. There's nothing personal. Nothing (laughs) personal. But to me, the crux of this story, cat story, absolutely. But I think this is a story about being the right person in the wrong place at the wrong time and how things could have played out. And I think that it is a real cautionary tale for all of us to remember that we never know how things are going to be mistaken, how things are going to play out. We never know if we're going to be safe or not in perfectly innocent situations. If this had been a different cop or she had been a different person, it could have been horrifying. Mm-hmm. And there's always room for one more cat. And all's well that ends well, <laughs> as she says. Well, thanks for bringing that story in, Karen. If our listeners would like to contribute a story about their experiences in South Florida, how can they get in touch with you? Well, actually, they could send an email to cneil at fau.edu. That's C-N-E-I-L-E at fau.edu. If they want to participate in a storytelling slam at the Boca Raton Public Library next Sunday at 4 p.m., they are welcome to do that as well. Just please write to the same email for information, cneil at fau.edu. Thanks, Karen. Dr. Karen Neal is a professional storyteller and author. My name is Michael Stock. The Public Storyteller returns next Sunday.